are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Let's take our Bibles. We're in the book of Philippians this morning. The book of Philippians chapter 4, Sunday school classes were, what a wonderful crowd this morning. And it's just been a great day in the house of God. They say, Brother Bertram's our weatherman now, and he tells us that it's going to begin raining at 2 o'clock today. I wish you'd have told me that in the Sunday school class. I was standing outside, it started sprinkling there, but there's no rain now. And uh, 2 o'clock, so that means it's going to rain tonight. Come to church. Come to church. And um, I, uh, on Friday, it started raining during chapel. During the week, we have a tent here, a tent here, a tent right here that comes in. And the college students, I, I, I was such a sissy. I said, look, I, I'm all for it. But I said, we're going to cancel chapel day. I didn't want them to get cold and damp and wet. I had so many girls and, and young fellows say, we wanted chapel in the rain. We were looking forward to that. So every day this week, we're having chapel, rain or not. And um, my phone, whether it's right or not, says the next 10 days rain every day. And all God's people said, yeah, it's what we want rain. We want it. And so that would be great. In the tents, will you stand with me, please? Philippians chapter 4. I hope apparently you can hear back there because you just stood. How come you can't hear it when I talk about the money? Yeah, amen. Thank you. But now you're here. Are they all working now? Are they good? I hope so. Philippians 4, we're going to read verses uh, 6, 7, and 8 together. Philippians 4, 6, 7, and 8. Ready? Begin. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Our Father, I thank you so much for these wonderful people and they inspire my heart. I thank you that they love you and I thank you that they're willing to endure coldness and uh, now we have rain coming. We rejoice the fact that you're going to shower us with your blessing. And I pray that our church would grow spiritually in these next 10 days if it rains every day. I pray that we'd see your hand of touch and blessing upon us. May we magnify your name. Bless these moments together this morning. Our friends that are watching all around the world in other countries and every state in the United States. And then right here, those in the cars, those in... Uh, tents where they cannot even see, those that are parked around the corner cannot see, these in the first lot, second lot, and the other many tents today. I pray your blessing upon this time together as we look into thy precious word that we've just read, the Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. I believe that you would agree with me. We are, we are living in an age of worldwide neg negativity. It just seems like negativity is the, is the song of the day. 
I, I see it in individuals. I see it in corporations. I see it in homes and in churches and cities and states and in countries of the world. It, it just seems like to me we are living in a negative moment. I wish the entire world could have heard that message Pastor Cooper preached last Wednesday night. And if you're listening and you did not hear it, we win. Uh, there was something happening here in the tents, in the parking lot with God's man as he preached. And we do win. I'm not living from the losing side. I am living my life on the winning side. And I believe, I believe globally we have surrendered our minds to that which produces negativity. You know, I don't believe that this is a hopeless hour. I look back to uh, my parents' generation, the, uh, the Great Depression, 1929 and all the 30s, where they had literally no jobs and really very little food, and yet those people with their great character made it through. I think of World War II, with how many millions of people died and how many mothers had the uh, military come to their door and they knew what it meant. Your son has perished on the foreign soil or my husband has perished on the foreign soil. And yet America, America never lost hope. Churches were filled and people went to God's house. And, and, yet, and yet it seems like the previous generation, uh, they never allowed the economy or politics or COVID that they have, whatever the disease, Spanish flu, we've had that. They didn't allow that to conquer them. They, they, uh, they did not allow hopelessness and negativity and depression to govern their lives. Oh yes, you look at the pictures, it's very obvious it drained those dear men and women. You especially look at the women, picture of women, how they would hold their little dust bowl, and during the dust bowl, hold their little babies and trying to get food for them. And they looked all so malnutrition, the mothers did especially. And the dads were worn out. Yes, they did, but they never, they kept going on. And I just believe that these are great days. I want to speak to you today about guard your mind. Guard your mind. College students, young people, teenagers say, well, there's no hope. Yes, there's a lot of hope. As long as there's a God and there is a God who lives within us and who's in the heaven and he's in our, in our lives, as long as there's a God, there is great hope. I, I do believe God. And today, I want to remind you Isaiah 26, verse 3. Thou wilt keep in perfect peace whose what? Mind is set on thee. So I don't have any peace. Then you don't have the perfect peace that comes from above. Verse 8 is our key verse this morning. Finally, brethren, but we're going to have to get to verse 7 to understand 8. Verse 8 says this, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things three is just, whatsoever things are love pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, What's the last few words? Think on these things. What are you thinking on? Where's your thoughts? Is our thoughts absorbed where there is no hope? We'll never have a free America again. We have a, or politically, it's just so awful. And what they're doing, okay, now wait a minute. Guard your mind. Verse 8 follows verse Seven, that's a novelty. And eight begins with the word finally. 
So you have to go look back what he's talking about. Well, let's start in verse 6. Be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Don't be in turmoil over anything. But everything, 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 everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Now, verse 7 is the key. Now, the peace of God. My question is, do you have the peace of God today? If you've been saved, you have peace with God. His cross made peace. But are you being ruled by the peace of God? Peace is an inner calm. Notice what the Bible says. Now, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, it passes over the Republicans and the Democrats and the Independents. It passes over conservatism. It's higher than right-wing conservatism. It's higher than anything. The peace of God that passeth all understanding. Watch it. Here it is. Shall keep. John uses that word keep in First John so much. Perhaps this afternoon you can read it and underscore your Bible how often he says it. But keep is an important word. It's the same word here that John writes in 1 John. When something is kept, when something is kept, it is the, the key, to keep is to guard against intruders. Most of us men have something at home that guards our family against intruders. Two horns, three horns. And it's more than a security system. And thank God we have that, but we, are, we have something that keeps us and protects us. Thank God for our Constitution that to this point gives us that right. But I want to say the word keep is to guard against intruders. Now why would, why would Paul use that? because he knows Christians are going to have intruders try to invade their minds. And so watch it here, the verse. Keep guard against intruders. Why? Here it is. When you get that guard against intruders, it will keep your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. Hearts are the center of your being, the real you, the you, you you know about. You know the fears and you know the frustrations and you and I know the sins and the negativity that's in our heart. We, we know that and the minds, keep your hearts and mind. Your mind is the consciousness of, if you're conscious, it's your thoughts. And God says, guard your mind, guard your heart that you don't have Evil intruders coming in. Here's a man. His name was Lot. And Lot, because sin always comes in through that eye gate. And Lot looked, and his problem was he wanted possessions. I want all that land over there. And because he put his mind on that which his uncle owned, Uncle Abraham, it was an intruder. He needed things. He needed possession. He needed lands to fulfill them. But the truth is, he got it, and he was still unfulfilled. I think of a man by the name of Joseph. He loved his brothers. He thought his brothers loved him. But his brothers allowed the intruder of jealousy to gather their minds together. And their brother came to see him. The brother of the Bible said they hated 
They allowed jealousy to intrude their mind. Are you allowed, if I allowed possessions or jealousy or envy or strife to intrude our mind? There's a man by the name of Judas. He sits right next to the Lord Jesus Christ. He counts the money. He was trusted with the money. And yet, he got tasting that money, thinking, hmm, this tastes good. This looks good. I want that. And the intruder was, he wanted money. Some of God's people in 2021 want God, uh, want money more than God. You want a good government more than you want God. And yet, that's an intruder. I think of a man by the name of Demas. And Demas' intruder was this world. I don't want to look like a Christian and act like a Christian and talk like a Christian. I'm such a weird oddball because I look different, I act different, I talk different than the world. By the way, when you get on the other side, you'll be different too. We'll be in a place called heaven. And those that you tried to accommodate and tried to please so much, many of them will be in a place called hell. The whole entire purpose of Christian living is to bring honor to God. And if we're debating God all the time, on, especially on this thing of holiness and godliness and righteousness and purity, and we want to fight it and we live in that day, we want to compromise every area, it seems like, because I want religion my way. I'll do what is right in my eyes. And that battle is there. That's an intruder. And God says what is needed if you want the peace of God, you're going to have to realize that you've got to keep your heart and your mind from intruders. So verse eight, so consequently, finally, brethren, finally, brethren, and he begins to tell us first whatsoever things are true. You know, America's having a great problem right now because we just can't tell the truth. I, I don't know what news channel tells the truth. I, I don't know of a news channel that tells the truth. I, I, I think I, I might be harsh here. I don't mean to be. I think they're all liars. I don't know if one's telling the truth. For me, not for you. You do what you want. But for me, since the day before the election, I stopped the news. I can't take it. I, I just can't take it. It intrudes my mind. It gets me so discouraged. It gets me so mad. I just, I was never big on news, but I like to see what was going on. I, I, election day, I didn't even, I didn't watch it. it. Doesn't make me a good Christian. It shows how weak I am. I cannot take that negativity. Whether it's CNN or NSBC or whatever it's called, or whether it's Fox News or you name it, I can't take it. There's a man who's my age. He's a talk show host. We're the exact same age. He's been very good to this church. I've not listened to him since the day after the election. Well, I just, I just, I don't want to listen. It, it, it just discourages me. See, so, well, how do you know what's going on? Every day someone says something. I hear many things this person will say this, this person will say this. I just sort of smile. I'm not going to get wrapped in. My staff must think I'm rude because if they want to talk, and they can, they want to talk about a lot of the news, I walk away. I can't have it, can't handle it. Why? It intrudes. I know me. They can, they can handle it 
It's not, it maybe inspires them for me, for me. It's not because I'm a better Christian. I'm a weaker Christian. It discourages me. It, it oppresses me. It takes my hope. It takes my courage. I do not want to listen to that news. It doesn't help me. Now, you can do it, and if you can do it, and have on the one inside and live on the, but I want to listen to things that are true. You know, in Hosea's day, God said, I have a controversy with you. Chapter four, verse one because there's no truth in the land. Why is there no truth? Because in 1962 and 63, we threw out the truth in our schools. We threw out the Bible. We threw out God. We threw out prayer. We thought we could get away with getting rid of God. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And when we remove the truth, you can have political leaders look right at people and lie right to them. Lie right to them. You can have politicians lie. You can have news people lie. You can have, you can have preachers just lie. You can have relatives just lie. I think about this last year, COVID, and God's people have been such an encouragement to me. But I think of how many times I've sat in meetings or sat with someone or tried to help their life and they look at me and sometimes the tears and all of it and just lying right to me face to face. Listen, when there is the absence of Jesus Christ, there's the absence of truth. Ye shall know the truth. The truth shall set you free. Things so sad in America. We're sending these little boys and girls to elementary school, junior high schools, colleges, where there's no desire for God. We legislate God out of it. No, you can't talk about God. No, you can't see, you can't hear, we don't want God. No, you cannot wear a shirt that says Jesus saves. No, you cannot, no, no, no. We don't want that here. That's dangerous in our public school to have that Bible here. But let me tell you something, it's dangerous not to have the Bible in school. Because God is a God of truth. I find that he says, I want you to think on these things. See the latter part of verse eight? Think on these things, what? True things. Think on honest things. Deals with the same thought. We, we live in a day of liars. Let people lie to you, but let's not lie to one another. Just. Just. The root word for just is righteous. And the root word for righteous is right. God's people need to think on right things. Right things. Righteous things. Honest things. Truthful things. Look at the verse, pure things, pure. I'm gonna have to keep my mind and arrest my mind from putrid things, from evil things, from polluted thoughts. I can't do it. I just can't do it. I know I frustrate so many of God's people. I just, I just can't do it. I've had such a great year with COVID because God has spoken to my heart. I've had low moments like you've had. I've had moments of despair like you've had. But I've had such many, most of the time, high moments where God's speaking to me and God's giving me a peace and God's ruling my mind and God's ruling my heart and I see victory and I see great things happening. Who'd ever imagine a year ago at this time something like this would have happened where there's a hunger for people to get around a fire pit with a blanket and a tent and come to a parking lot and hear the preaching and the singing of God's precious word. God did that. My mind needs to be truthful and 
My mind needs to be honest, and my mind needs to be just, and my mind needs to be pure. And then he says, I want you to think of lovely things. Lovely things. And then he said, I want you to think on things of good report. Stop listening to the bad, lying, negative reports. Stop listening to it. I have an advantage that you don't have and advantage that you probably cannot have because life requires you to have social media and networking and all that. And I'm so grateful for the people that we have it here so our ministry can go around the globe. I don't have any idea how to work that. Someone says, well, you see what Brother Treber said on social media? I never said it unless someone put it online. I don't know how to do social media. I don't know how to turn off and on a computer. I, I think it's a mouse that does it, but it may be a switch in the back of it. I don't know how you do it. And I probably should have learned it. And, and I, it, I probably could have been helped. But I tell you so many times, I'm afraid of it. I just know, I, I'm just, I'm too weak. You see, you shouldn't talk that way. You're the past. No, I, I, I know this old flesh that lies within me, all of us, the Word of God says that we're to put no confidence in this flesh. No confidence. I can't, I can't. Please, I'm not saying you're wrong to have it. You have to. Your job requires it. I don't know if it requires social media. The things that I hear in passing, it sounds like most of it's not the truth. It's going to be dangerous if you get involved in, in with this which is not the truth. It's amazing to me during the election how many persons have a friend who has a friend that is access to the, the information in Washington, D.C., but they don't have a friend that has a friend. It never works. I don't know what the future holds, but I do know who holds the future. I know that we, we win. We're going to win. It'll be okay. I want to think of lovely things. I want to think about these little boys and girls, little babies that God's brought into our church. And I want to think of these wonderful marriages. And I want to think about people getting saved. And I want to think about people standing out here. And tonight, singers will be singing in the rain. I want to think, I want to think about things that preaching the word of God and people honking the horn and seeing God's people give. I want to think about KNVBC Radio. I want to think about the elementary school, the junior high school, the high school, the college. Thank God. I want to thank God for the publications. I thank God for what he's doing with live stream. Those are lovely things. And then he says, if there be any virtue, that's moral excellence, virtue. And number eight, if there be any praise. Now let me try to pull it all together in the next two hours and wrap it all up. If we had time, I would take you to 1 Samuel 27. I love 1 Samuel 27. David in chapter 17 won the victory over Goliath. Now it's in chapter 27. Goliath was a Philistine. And he went and faced that Philistine as a youth. But just over a short time later in chapter 27, 
chapter 27, verse 1. The Bible says, And David said in his heart, I shall speedily escape from the Philistines. David began to worry and fret over those Philistines. And instead of facing them, he's fleeing from them. As we read about it, he said in his heart, your heart is your mental capacity. Your brain is two to three pounds. It's divided in three sections. And one is called the heart. That's the real you. And David said in his heart, he began to think wrong. When I begin to think wrong, it always leads to an action. I'll act wrong. David thought in his heart. Here's what happens. It goes from the thought to the mouth. David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. He thought it. He spoke it. You know, in pastoring people, I used to think you'd have to have all these. I had psychology in college, and I had uh, all these different subjects in college. I had philosophy in college. I had all those different courses. But you don't need that. You know what you need? is just to listen what people are saying. Because what proceeds out of the mouth is what is already in their mind. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We cannot help speak the things we have seen and heard. We put it here, we put it up here, and we begin to speak it. So people speak to me negative, discouraging. I think they've been thinking about that for a while. I don't want to think on that which is negative. I want to think on lovely things. I want to think on just things. I want to think on true things. I want to think of virtuous things. I want to think of praiseworthy things. He said, I shall. I said in my heart, search in your brain. And then he said with his words, I shall now perish by the hand of Saul. And then it led to an action. I shall speedily escape from the hands of the Philistines. Verse 2, and David took six hundred men with him. When you think wrong, you speak wrong, you act wrong, it will always affect those around you. Sir, you're responsible for your wife. You are responsible for your children. You are responsible for your home. They may want to think negative. You must think right. Dear mama, you must think right. Your children are watching you. Guard your mind. Guard your mind. Guard what comes into it. It was Sunday evening. It had been a wonderful day of travel. They were aboard that great unsinkable ship, the Titanic, April 12th. But that night at 11.57, they were making 22 knots an hour, going faster than any ocean liner. They were told that that was the sh ship when they launched their maiden vo voyage from Southampton. They said that's the ship that God cannot even sink. They were checking for icebergs. It looked clear. The moon was not out, but it was clear as could be that night so they could see ahead. The man was way up top with his telescope, said everything's fine, little ice chips here and there. And suddenly it seemed like out of nowhere there was a big mountain and they rammed right into that huge mountain of ice and pulled the hull off the bottom of that ship. For the next two hours, people were not really alarmed at first. They didn't realize what was happening, and the captain said a little after 12 o'clock, if I remember, it was about 12.20 or 12.25. After about 25 minutes, they said, everybody up on top, please, on top deck. Everybody came, 
They didn't know what was going on. They left the banquet halls. Some were still midnight banquet halls. The orchestra was still playing. They got up there. They didn't realize that they were taking on water. After about an hour, they saw it was 25 feet down. It went down. They were getting close to that water. They realized something was happening. The captain said, I want every one of the lifeboats ready and we'll place you in the water, lowering you down, women and children. They said that on that, many men figured out, I have to dress like a woman. And they began to dress like a woman to get on those lifeboats with their family. They discovered who they are, they threw them out immediately. Three men tried to rush one of the captains. As he tried to rush, they were getting on. He took a gun, fired one shell into the one man's brain, killed him right there. Another man, he shot him and his entire jaw was blown off. The other man said, stop, stop, don't kill me, don't kill me. And for two hours, they began to put women and men in those boats. Well, one lady, Isidore Strauss, Isidore was on the little lifeboat here at this level, her husband on the deck. And she was ready, she was waving goodbye, but she saw him. They had been married for years, decades. They're old now. And he reached out and said, Isidore, I love you so much. I pray for your safety. All those 1,500 men on board knew they were going down. I love you, honey. So she stood up. The man said, back down in the boat, ma'am. She stood up and she crawled over that rail. She took and stood right by her husband, held his hand. And she said to her husband, we're old. We've had a life together. You've been such a good husband. I could not live with myself if the last thing I saw was you perishing. I'm standing with you. That man was in her heart. That man was in her mind. I imagine many years before she made a decision, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. In her heart, in her mind, was her husband. And consequently, it led to an action. I'm saying today, you guard your mind. Let me close. As I think about our minds today, I think of that song I've been singing it this week. I think of my blessed Redeemer. I think of them all the day long. I want to ask you to think on these things all week. Perhaps Monday you could figure out how you're going to do it. I would suggest on this long Sunday afternoon break, you take a nap, you eat lunch, you take a nap. Maybe would you write down on Monday... I'm going to think of my blessed Redeemer. I'm going to think who He is. And you might want in your prayer time just think, He's the Almighty God. Begin to list words that identify who He is. On Monday, just think of who He is, His powerful and His might and His faithfulness. Could you think of who He is? He's without sin. He is God, the Father, God, the Son, 
God the Holy Spirit. Could we tomorrow think about Him, not think about the news? Could we think about Him? I think of my blessed Redeemer. On Tuesday, perhaps, we can think about, we can think about His creation. Perhaps we won't see the sun for the next 10 days with this rain. But could we think about when we see the sun, the moon, the stars? When you think of, you see so often in the morning, this season of the year, the sun as it begins to rise up over these hills right over here, it is bright orange. On Christmas Day, I looked out of my porch and went out on the porch. I took a picture of my neighbor, Pastor Cooper's home. It was just beautiful, just beautiful Christmas Day. And, and the sun was coming up in the tire behind his house. It was all orange. When's the last time you looked at the sunrise or looked at a sunset? My son, Brother Tim, we have a habit through the years when it's the sunset, he'll text me or I'll text him. I said, look what he painted tonight. He'll say, Dad, take a look at this. Look what God painted for us. I, I want to think of God's creation, the sun, the moon, Psalm 8, as he said, the stars. I want to hear, my wife said, and I didn't hear it, but during one of the services recently, a bird kept chirping. She said, it sounded so beautiful. God created that little bird. I, I want to think about God's creation. All that God has done. I want to look over these hills, these mountains over here, 4,500 feet that right now they're covered with clouds. I understand there's supposed to be snow up there this week. But I, 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 I want to look at those beautiful redwoods that point and pull straight, straight as an arrow up to heaven. I want to think about our, our wonderful God, His creation. Perhaps on Wednesday, you can think of His name. You can take the alphabet, begin with A. He's the Alpha. He's the Advocate. He's the Bread of Life. He's the Beloved. He's the Creator. You can go all the way through the alphabet and all the words that speak about Him. And I think of my blessed Redeemer. Perhaps you can think about words that He has placed in the Bible that are for you and me. Mercy, grace, that God gave to be justified. You can think of words that, that His loving kindness, His peace, He's just. For me, these are words for me. He giveth more grace. I wonder if you could think on Friday of some hymns that just magnify him. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh God. Can you imagine if thousands of people this Friday would sing hymns of praise to God? Oh God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. Could we sing, I sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains. Could we sing about him? Can we sing holy, holy, holy? Can we sing all hail the power of Jesus' name? I'm going to ask you this week, would you think right? Could we think of our blessed Redeemer? Finally, brethren, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are of good report, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things have virtue or praise, could, could we think on these things? I plead with you, stop thinking about all these other things. It will lead you 
to a life of negativity. Today, if you're here without Christ, joy begins with Christ. Peace begins with Christ. In thy presence is fullness of joy forevermore. If you've not been saved, the pastors will be here momentarily. You can walk down these aisles and a man will show a man and a lady will show a lady how to be saved and trust Christ. I tell you what, it'd be a dangerous thing if COVID got anybody in our church. COVID has not taken the life of one of our people. In nearly 12 months, not one person, not one person has been hospitalized in this church with COVID. But can I tell you this, far more dangerous than COVID is to die without Christ. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.